Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Contents of This Package podcast. This is episode two today, and today we'll be talking about our latest sample loop pack, Lo-Fi Keys Volume 2, which was executive produced by Joel McNeil, who is the co-founder and head composer of Soul Surplus. Joel, how you doing, man? What's going on, everybody? It's nice uh, for folks to actually hear you because you don't really... You're not like the spokesman of this company, like in no way, shape, or form. You yeah, kind of reside sli- in the shadows. behind the scenes. <laughs> Ain't no slightly about it. You're all the <laughs> way behind the scenes. My man Joel is 30, 30 miles behind enemy lines at all times. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> With the binoculars, like, y'all good? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta watch everybody else's back. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, man, no, we appreciate you coming on, man. Um, yeah, no problem. Yeah, we had a considerable amount of success on the first volume. And it's interesting how that even came about. We had initially set out to create this particular pack for another platform. And I think we quickly realized that we should probably keep this one for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely one of those that we want to have in the company's repertoire. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, normally our our, our normal for- forte is, you know, composition packs, sample packs, um, Lo-Fi Keys was another addition to the Loop Pack family going all the way back to the Rhodes Packs, uh, Volumes 1 and 2, Smythe's Guitar Packs 1 and 2, John's mm-hmm. Bass Pack 1 and 2. And so this was a bit off of the beaten path a bit with um, with Lo-Fi Keys in that it was a Loop Pack, but what we were doing was adding a lot more variation from a tonal standpoint and mm-hmm. uh, um, I guess you could say in volume one, it was pretty moody in, from a sound standpoint. Um, so in volume two, what mood can we expect? Um, you could you could uh, expect a variety of things. I tried to keep an open variety for the different types of producers that may utilize the sound pack. So I would I would say you could expect some soulful stuff. You could expect some couple of dark hip hop tones. You could expect some. One thing I think I incorporated a little bit more than the last pack was some sampled stuff. So I would take mm. some keys that I already laid and resample them and resample them for the guys that really want that sampley sound, but don't know how to get it. That stuff is in there too. And then mm. there's stuff of me just playing for those guys that really want to, you know, get a, a keyboard player or a piano player and really chop musical parts and little intricate parts of that of those audio files. So there's a variety right. of things in there. Right, right. Yeah, it was interesting too because if you type in lo-fi <clears throat> on any platform, uh, especially YouTube, you're going to come out with a whole myriad of producers who are creating quote-unquote the lo-fi sound. And yes. probably like 95% of the time, it's piano-based with yep. s- yeah. some low-pass thrown on it or some some type of warbliness to give it like that vinyl sound. Yeah, it seems um, to be the really popular thing right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's in my opinion, I think I think the main reason why it's it's people like to listen to that stuff when they're when they're moody, you know, and and I mm-hmm. think that's why I think the overall mood from volume 1 was very very good in that I think we kind of you know, we marketed to that that crowd. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know? We definitely I think we got some people looking out for volume two. So it definitely raised the, the hype for it. Yes, for sure. Yeah. We literally had, and this tends to happen more so with the loop packs 
It's like we put them out and then almost immediately there are people saying, when's volume two coming out? It's like, bro, this joint just came out yeah. three days ago. <laughs> they, they must really be using the stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's great. You know, we appreciate, you know, the guys and, and the gals that support us. And, yeah, always. Um, yeah, man. So on, on volume two, there's an array of keyboards being used. You have grand pianos, electric pianos like Fender Rhodes. And um, yeah, yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken, you actually threw some of the newer boards that you have down in the studio on this one too? Mostly, mostly, yeah. I, we got the Oberheim, the Matrix 6 for some of the the synthy keyboardy brass type of sounds, but you could kind of low pass them to give them that, just that, that lo-fi sound. You can't really tell exactly what the sound is, but it just sounds really mellow and, and warm. And we grabbed an 88 keyboard controller, so everything's being played kind of with a realistic keyboard authentic touch. It's got the the uh everything's got all the keys got the kickback and it just feels really authentic. So everything was played on that. Outside of the roads, of course, everything was everything else was MIDI if we're using like any synth stuff. And we used a lot of a lot of uh, plugins that did some like digital tape, some tape um harmonics and harmonic distortion. We threw that on a lot of stuff. So everything has that really gritty and mellow sound, but there's a couple couple bright textures on there, but for the most part, everything's obviously got that lo-fi feel to it. On volume three, which is nowhere near to be coming out, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we talked about going all out, um, going to, you know, various studios that have different types of, you know, so we were, we even considered on this one going to Gradwell just to mm-hmm. record all the piano there. But, you know, we, we decided to pass this time around and maybe mm-hmm. do that the next time. Um, but on volume three, we're definitely going to be going all out, taking, you know, may, might take us a, about a month to finish it out. Um, mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to be running everything through real to real and various forms of tape to get that super lo-fi sound on yeah, volume it's be three. Dope. Yeah, man. So on, on volumes one and two, um, you used uh, digital plugin versions of these particular methods what were some of the go-to plugins to achieve this particular sound? Um, well, I'd say the most utilized one was definitely Keyscape. If we're talking about plugin-wise, Keyscape. Um, mostly the piano, upright piano tones in there are really dope. The the Wurlitzer they got in there, that's pretty much mostly all I use. The Wurlitzer, the piano, and then the, the Fender Rhodes we have. And a couple of the synths, and that was that's mostly it. But mainly those three things you could expect a lot of Wurlitzer Rhodes and piano, and then those tones really like flipped and sampled and reversed. There's all different types of stuff in there. Got you. And when you when you do that, what particular? So I know you you use a lot of UA plugins, mm-hmm. um, especially like you know tape modulation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, can you let the listeners know? Like how you go from A to B when you're creating this, because you know I know you said you know I I you know I went I did this mm-hmm. and I did that, but can you give like a little bit of a detailed breakdown? Yeah, definitely. Of, of the method of you know going from actually laying out the the actual chords you know to the finished uh, mm-hmm. piece. So basically, I'll set up a loop. So the contents of the pack there there's going to be six I think six folders, six different BPMs. Um, eight bar loops, 10, 10 loops per BPM. So there's a uh, 60, 60 loops. 
And so I just set up a loop. I'll set up a loop in Logic. I'll keep an open track for the roads, keep an open track for like a few keyscape patches, and then all the, all the synths are like ready to go. So everything's pretty much up and ready to go. I could move around and get an idea out on any instrument at the same time. So I'll sit at one instrument, play a couple loops, find one that I like, I'll lay it down. Then I have like a chain of a bunch of stuff that I could uh I could process. I start with a little bit of compression. I'll use like the 1176. Most of it is UA. A couple other plugin uh, companies, a lot of UA. I'll take the if I don't if I don't do compression through the Neve, which is the uh, Portico Two, which I'm recording a lot of the roads through and some of the synths, I'm busting them to that. I do a little EQing on there, maybe some compression, add a little silk from the knob, whether it's red or blue, which basically the red gives it uh, like a high kind of intensifies the high end harmonics, and the blue kind of uh, is more. It controls more of the low end harmonics, and then I'll. So that'll be my EQ and a compression. I'll start with that. And if I'm in the box, I'll use some 1176 compression or some LA-2As. Then I'll move on to some like a, I guess some some type of effects, whether it be a delay, chorus. I'm going to try to actually look at my chain that I got here. So I'm reading this exactly from my, I'm reading this exactly from my um Logic chain. I got a LA-2A compressor. I got a Sheps. This is Waves 73 for a little bit more EQing. I got a Wolf compressor, which is made by uh, the guys at Good Hertz. Um, Echo Boy, so Sound Toys, a lot of Sound Toys stuff. Some more Good Hertz plugins, one called a Wow Control, which gives it kind of that, that wobbly lo-fi effect. And you could add some noise and a bunch of stuff on there. UAD Ocean Way, which is like a room plugin. Um, some more sound toys, effects rack to get some of that those weird effects going if I need them. Um, Valhalla Reverb. Um, then I get down to the tape emulation, and I use the UAD Ampex ATR102 for that, or I'll use the Abbey Road Waves plugin for the vinyl effect. And then that's pretty much it. And a Valhalla delay for some really that's a, a new plug-in by Valhalla. They got some really cool delay sounds in there and some weird effects you could get in there. So that's pretty much the whole chain that I use for everything. I'll just kind of incorporate different plugins depending on what I recorded and mix it up and get some really dope sounds out of that, some textures. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I'm pretty sure the listeners are I hope they're taking notes. Yeah, all, all those plugins that I would I would uh definitely recommend every single one of those. So one of one of the things that I really love about those particular pl- plugins, especially like a Keyscape, is um, mic placement is so important, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to live instrumentation. And the fact that, again, you know, this is one of the this is probably the only pack where it's all MIDI, um, mm-hmm. where it's all it's all VST. I should say not MIDI, but um, yeah, pretty much outside of the roads, kind of all in the box. Exactly. Exactly. So. The the thing that I love especially about it is the fact that um, these companies have done such a great job of figuring out a way to, I mean, this is literally sampling at its highest form. So yeah. these guys have recorded and recorded and recorded and recorded to get to a place where you could literally move the mic and 
you know, through algorithms and whatever they're doing on that digital side, the, mm-hmm. the things that they're doing kind of, if you go too far, man, you can get galaxy brain real quick. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's trying to world. figure out how they're doing everything. But, um, but could you speak on the importance of even like mic placement or even if you're doing like a piano, having the lid closed or using mm-hmm. an upright instead of a baby grand or a grand piano um, as far as like texture and sound? Oh yeah, obviously any of that stuff will change your tone and it'll ultimately affect your final, you know, your final um, audio file or your, of your recording and ultimately your product. So all that stuff is super important. It's all, a lot of it is subtle as we know as producers and engineers, you know, a lot of music, a lot of times is just a lot of subtle things that are just compiled and just, it presents a, a ultimately a, a final product that isn't subtle. It just sounds really amazing. So all those things like mic, like mic placement, if the mic is far, obviously you're going to pick up a lot of room or you got to boost the gain on the mic to pick up the, uh, pick up the instrument that is further away and you're going to get a lot of room. If it's close, you could, you could pull the gain down a little bit and you're going to get a lot more of that instrument. So it's going to really sound like it's in your face. So a lot of those things are, are super, super important to the recording and the quality and the sound and tones, everything you're going to get, everything you change about the recording, about recording with the mic is going to change the tone. Um, Mm -hmm. What else is there? So you got like the roads. If you, if, for instance, if I'm playing through my uh through the portico, the Neve, which is just a preamp and a EQ and a it's got a compressor on it. If you boost the gain on that, you're gonna get a little bit of that hum from the mm-hmm. from the roads because mm-hmm. it's an old instrument. You're gonna get there's some right, type of right. there's some wires in there that are close together that haven't been touched for 30, 40 years or whatever. And you know, you're gonna get a little little bit of a mechanical hum. Or you could pull right. the gain down and and EQ it a little bit better and you could get a clean, a more clean sound. So it depends on, you know, what sound you want to get and yeah, everything. It's, it's really fun because there's quote unquote, no wrong way to do it unless you're just, you know, recording, recording something that sounds bad, but there's no wrong mm-hmm. way to do it. You just record something. If it sounds cool, you can mess around and really get some cool textures and tones out of, out of all these instruments. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's interesting too because we we recently just had a request from one of the folks that buys our stuff. You know, he was like, "Hey guys, I love your stuff, but you know, from time to time when I'm in the process of mixing, you know, I I, I feel like I'm having a hard time because the textures are so rich mm-hmm. on the on the packs." And he was like, "Do you guys think that you would ever do a pack that's dry?" And you know, my response was, "That's that's not going to happen because that's that's <laughs> who we are." You know, so yeah, yeah. Most you, of our stuff's got that got grit to it. So a lot of it, I find yeah. myself just leaving untouched when I do mix yeah. it or use it in production. And you know, exactly, yeah, it's just that's our sound. And maybe something there may be a few things in the pack that are a little more clean than others. But you know, this is this is a lo-fi pack, so it's gonna everything's gonna have that grit on it. Yeah, man. Yeah, and you know when we when we used to sample from vinyl, I shouldn't say when we used to. When we sample from vinyl mm-hmm. or we sample from old recordings, any type of noise that's in there, whether that's from the needle, you know, dust on the needle, or even just the fact that this is an older way of recording, so there's just going to be noise, yeah, uh, naturally, you know, in the track anyway. And we couldn't go back and ask those guys, hey guys, you know, listen, I'm sampling your 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 original composition i was wondering mm-hmm. could you maybe just send me a, a super clean butt naked version of that yeah it's so like can, it's know, all so, part of the game like sampling yeah. games it's 
made to sample something bad to make it or something older or a lower quality. I was kind of the whole, it was a whole part of the process to make it into something grand or put exactly. it in your recordings, like part of the process. Exactly. Yeah, man. Well, listen, Joel, I really appreciate you taking some time to give us some insight on the new pack. No problem. Like we man. said, it it's available today at soulsurplus.com. And actually, if you actually pick up volume two, what we're going to do is we're going to allow you to bundle it with volume one if you didn't get it so that you can actually get volume one for 50% off. And that's not just like a one week thing. That's just the way it's going to be forever. So, you know, what we want is you guys to be able to have as much at your disposal as possible, but we definitely want to encourage you guys to get the first volume as well. So, uh, Joel, once again, man, we appreciate you coming on, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care.